Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's Amy Lawrence. We are trying to mix in baseball and football as best we can to keep you on your toes. It actually dawned on me as I was driving into work. So our headquarters are located in lower Manhattan, New York City. And I couldn't figure out why there was so much traffic. Usually on Sunday nights, it's relatively light because people have to work or go to school the next day. Yeah, not so much. Didn't recognize or remember that it was Columbus Day Monday. It's Columbus Day weekend. It's... Uh, a lot of people are out of their regular routine. So if you're just discovering our show for the first time, I do always say that I enjoy working holidays uh, because it gives us an opportunity to uh, introduce the show to those people who might not otherwise be listening. And sometimes we have affiliates that don't generally join in, uh, but they will on holidays. So here we go. Uh, we are... Going to dive into some baseball and the matchups coming up, and then we'll get back to football. But we got to go back and forth because it's October, and that's what happens. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Oh, my gosh. I just spent, what, what, seven minutes talking about the Cowboys, and this is what I get on Twitter. Cowboys get no love, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I try not to pay attention to social media. <laughs> Maybe it's better if my screen just stayed black. My gosh. It, th- those are my most amusing tweets, though, is right after I talk about something, I generally will get people accusing me of not talking about what I just covered. So, yeah, on that note, <laughs> we're down to the four divisional series, which all begin on Tuesday. How did you like that wild card weekend, that new format that baseball kind of threw together? I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, they had to condense the wild card round considering that the regular season started a week late and everything got pushed back. So we're going to start Tuesday, October 11th with all four division series until they break off to National League and American League and kind of go every other day. 
But for now, unless they want to play the World Series in the snow somewhere, <laughs> uh, they're going to have to scoot. So how do you like the wild card series? We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Why don't we pose that question to our Odyssey baseball insider. He's also a longtime columnist for the USA Today sports section. And Bob Nightingale, pleased to connect with you for the first time this season. So long time no talk. What's your impression of Wild Card Weekend, the way baseball set it up for the first time this year? Yeah, well, it's interesting that everybody's fighting for a home field advantage and it meant absolutely nothing. I'm the only team that had, uh, you know, that one with home field advantage, the Cleveland Guardians, and they didn't even sell out their uh, either game. So, you know, what, what does that really mean? Wow. I think it means that home field advantage is, you know, it doesn't really mean anything in baseball. You know, remember even going back to 2019 with the Nationals and Astros, nobody won a home game. You know, the Nationals won four road games and the Astros won three road games. Why is that, do you think? Why has it become so not effective or not important in the baseball playoffs? I don't know. You know, I was talking to uh, you know Rob Thompson of the Phillies the other day about this, and they've been on the road for about two, two and a half weeks. And you know, he was saying, and you know, I asked, is it sometimes even better to be on the road? And he agreed. Just you don't have the distractions of uh, family and friends and tickets. Uh, you know. It uh, brings some camaraderie together because, you know, everybody's on the road together. So you're going to see each other for breakfast and, you know, grab some dinner, that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's, you know, nearly the disadvantage, you know, like it is in the other sports. Mm. We're already down to the division series because wildcard weekend was set up with three days in a row, although we only needed the third day for the Padres and the Mets. So let's start with that one. The Mets went 101 games in the regular season, actually have the same record as the Atlanta Braves, who ended up edging them out for the NL East title, and they're done. How did San Diego do it? You know, I always thought there was two sleepers going to the playoffs, and it was uh, San Diego and Seattle. Just because of the pitching. I mean, you Darvish, you won game one, is pitching as good as anybody, if not better, than anybody in baseball. Joe Musgrove, as we saw tonight, is a stud. You know, through the first no-hitter in pottery history. Uh, Blake Snell, up until yesterday, had pitched very well on the stretch. You know, you got Josh Hayden in the bullpen. So a dangerous team, a dangerous uh, pitching staff, just like Seattle. You know, when they can throw, you know, Luis Castillo at you, and uh, Robbie Ray and uh, Logan Gilbert, you know, tough teams to beat. And both t- both teams advance. You know, obviously Ray didn't have a great outing by any means. But the Padres, you know, they line up that rotation perfectly. Considering all the moves they made at the trade deadline and the fact that it took a while for them to settle into the new lineup, once they clicked, they really took off. You know, they did. And, uh, you know, Machado really led the way. Uh, but it's funny. I mean, a guy like Trent Grisham, you know, this series, he would have been the MVP of a series if they had it for division series. You know, when he hit, you know, close to 500, three, you know, two home runs, three or four ribbies, uh, just, just, you know, just on fire. And, uh, yeah, fun team to watch. You know, Juan Soto has, you know, really disappeared when he got to San Diego. And he started to show, you know, a little bit more, you know, what he was in Washington during this uh, postseason series. Where, you know, the past couple months in San Diego, same with Josh Bell, you know, just, you know, weren't the same guys. Bob Nightingale is with us from 
the road. He'll be on the road for about five weeks around the end of the regular season and on through this blitz of October. We're always excited to talk to him about baseball. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, You were in St. Louis for the Cardinals series and man talk about a stunner. The way that they gave up those six runs in the ninth inning on Friday night and then really couldn't hit on Saturday. What was it like at Bush Stadium? Yeah, I mean, the, uh, on the, the first game, when they uh, coughed up the six runs, it got so quiet there, you could actually hear the Phillies bench cheering and wow. clapping, that sort of thing. It was that quiet. You know, they kept uh, you know starting to get excited on uh, in game two every time Pujols came up and Yadi Molina came up. Uh, you know, they had their chances. They could just never capitalize. Uh, you're not going to win a series when you have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado you know, go one for 15 with six strikeouts. It's just not going to happen. Obviously, the end of two Hall of Fame careers with Albert Pujols, who had an incredible second half, and then Yadier Molina, who had a hit in the ninth inning when they were attempting to rally. What did they say, and how did the fans treat them at the end? Well, in Yadier Molina's last at-bat, you know, Pujols got pulled for pinch runner in the eighth inning. Got a nice ovation, but with Yadier in the last hit, uh, you know, that kind of saved the season. You know, a lot of chance of yada, yada, yada. So it's pretty cool. I mean, even though, you know, I mean, Pujols obviously, you know, much better player. Pujols left. Yadi stayed. Yadi spent, you know, all 19, uh, all 19 seasons there. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was special. You know, neither, it was funny in the, in the clubhouse, neither really, you know, sad or expressing tears, but some of his teammates were, mm-hmm. but, but not those two guys. How would you describe the last two months with Albert Pujols and his chase for 700. Well, just phenomenal. I mean, they, uh, you know, what he did the last two months is what he did for 11 straight years, you know, with, with St. Louis. It kind of reminded everybody just how great he was. And I think with the Cardinal fans, all they saw, you know, was greatness. They didn't see those, uh, those years, you know, nine and a half years he struggled in Anaheim. So yeah, it was it was it was very cool. You know, standing ovation every single time it came to plate, <laughs> and uh, you know everybody's buying new Pujols jerseys. They already had a closet full of the old ones, but they <laughs> they wanted the new ones. <laughs> they are a great fan base there in St. Louis. Obviously disappointed, but the Phillies have been in playoff mode for a couple of months, right? Fighting, scratching, clawing. They've been living on the edge. They were the last team to get into the postseason field, and of course they fired their manager Joe Girardi going back uh, earlier in the season. How did they turn it around, Bob? Yeah, I mean, they love Rob Thompson. He'll certainly be back. They'll give him a uh, you know two, three-year contract here. You know, maybe it'll what happen in Toronto. Who knows? But I think they wanted a new voice in there, uh, see what happens. And guys responded to Thompson. They really did. Uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber, you know, kind of led the way. He was the most steady guy with all the home runs. Harper was hurt for a while. Uh, you know, you got Wheeler and Nola, who uh, you know, kind of led the way as far as the pitching staff. But yeah, just hung tough. I mean, there for a while in September, looked like they might blow this thing. You know, they're playing so bad and just got, you know, got hot again at the right time. Bob Nightingale of USA Today is with us here after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Spent the weekend in St. Louis. And what series are you headed to for the divisional round? So I want to see uh, Dodgers and Padres. So a little <laughs> I-5, I-5 World Series go up and down the freeway. Very, very easy travel. Easiest travel after <laughs> since the uh, 2000 World Series with the Yankees and Mets and Subway Series. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. The, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, 
In the last 28 games, the Padres have played the Dodgers. They're a uh, you know five and twenty three. Oh, so something's got to something's got to get at some point. You imagine the Padres are like not again. We have to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the big boys on the block always kick sand in the Padres' face. We'll see what happens again. Mm. Dodgers finish with hundred and eleven wins. Obviously, for them, a franchise record. Also, the first National League team to hit that mark in a century. But is there something to be said for not playing me? meaningful baseball over the last, my gosh, five weeks, maybe? Yeah, I'm also, you know, sitting up for five, six days, Amy, and the fact that, you know, you're not playing any games at all. Uh, I'd be very curious to see how it affects, you know, the other teams, you know, whether it's the Yankees, you know, Astros, you know, Dodgers, that sort of thing. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, Dodgers have a lot of question marks, you know, after, after Kershaw and Urias, you know, who's going to pitch game three? Hmm. Who's going to close out games in the bullpen? I still think in the National League, it's not all in baseball. The World Series goes through Atlanta. I just think Atlanta's that good once again. Right. The Braves surging at the end, catching the Mets where they did not hold the lead in the National League East for only but a handful of days during the regular season. And they also get a familiar foe in the Phillies. So that's interesting, right? Because we have two series in which they are divisional matchups. In the American League, the Mariners, they are a team that has a flair for the dramatic with the back-to-back walk-offs to make their first postseason in 21 years. Then the way they rally against Toronto, which was just phenomenal, what makes this team tick like they do? Yeah, they sort of believe themselves as a young team. And like you said, a great pitching staff. I mean, so in the business series against Houston, I think they're going to give the Astros fits. I really do. Uh, you know, where this team's going to go five games. But, you know, in, in game one, you're going to have Logan Gilbert, who's been unbelievable, you know, first full season. Then you come back with Luis Castillo who was easily the best pick at the trade deadline. You know, teams missed out by not grabbing him. Uh, the Mariners got him. And then, you know, you go Robbie Ray, the fitting, uh, you know, Cy Young Award winner. So, yeah, they can uh, they can cause a lot of problems. I know Hasbro's beat them up during the season, but, you know, Seattle didn't have Lucas Cito all season. They had him at the trade deadline. They were a team that obviously last year got so close to the playoffs, so maybe not unexpected that they would finally punch their ticket in 22. The Guardians, though, they kind of come out of nowhere. Youngest team in Major League Baseball. They've got the management of Terry Francona. I mean, he's been around baseball forever. He's a lifer. The dude still gets nervous and anxious around games like this. They have to walk off in the 15th inning uh, to be able to move on to the next round. What do you like about that ball? club and the way that they've carried themselves this year? They play, uh, you know, okay, old school baseball. They don't hit home runs, but they don't strike out either. Put the ball in play, play great defense. Uh, you know, you're right, Amy, with the, uh, you know, Francona is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's fun. You know, he talks about, because he lives right downtown there by the ballpark, he'll ride a scooter, you know, to and from uh, work. <laughs> Fans, fans are stopping and, you know, giving him pizza, stuff like that. <laughs> but just a, uh, a great dude. So, yeah, it's, it's good for him and, a, uh, you know, just uh, a great character for the game and really one of the best manager boost team in by the last 50 years. Yeah, and, of course, guiding Cleveland to a World Series appearance in 2016 after winning the AL pennant. The Yankees didn't end up allowing the rest of the East to get super close, uh, but obviously had some angst over the course of about the six weeks or so after the All-Star break. What are their 
Uh, what are the elements that might make you nervous about them actually capitalizing on what was a real strong season? You know, a little bit like the Dodgers. You know, you know I mean, who's going to close the games? I mean, obviously, Chapman's having the playoff roster. Clay Holmes is, you know, struggling and banged up. So, yeah, yeah you wonder how that's going to work. Uh, Rotation-wise, you know, a lot of questions, too, after Garrett Cole and, uh, and Cortez, you know, Nestor Cortez, you know, what happens there? So I think similar teams. I mean, it's a very good team, but it's very flawed. Uh, you know, I think, you know, if they get to the World Series, it'd be a, you know, a big upset mm. because Houston Astros would be very favored. Mm. Bob Nightingale with us here after our CBS Sports Radio. Before I let you go, we did this fun show last week in which we asked the fans the best and brightest of baseball in 2022, whether moments, whether memories, whether milestones. Bob, you've watched the whole thing, man. We put 162 games in the rearview mirror plus wildcard weekend. So what would you say are the best and brightest of 2022? Well, I still got to go the old school, though, just a home run chase. I'm going to see, uh, you know, be in Arlington, Texas, and watch Aaron Judge hit that 60-second home run. Just so much relief on his face, the way the, uh, the teammates reacted, you know, jumping over the railing. You know, very cool. And then on the uh, other side, you know, Albert Pujol sitting, you know, 700th home run. Nobody thought that was going to happen. You know, he only had six home runs the first half. Right. You know, looked at, uh, like he might even retire. And then he does that, uh, which a you know monster second half. So I, I think the home run races, both of them, really kind of made baseball you know fun again. You know, other guys, young guys, whether Julio Rodriguez, you know, Bobby Witt, those guys, you know, kind of a, electrified fans. But in the end, it was, it was the home run, just the old school home run stuff that I think made so much news and it was so popular. You know what I really loved is seeing how the Yankees and the Cardinals respectively were so energized by the chase of those iconic numbers, 62 and 700. It certainly seemed like just those individual pursuits really electrified their clubhouses and certainly propelled them to a bunch of wins. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Pujols meant the world to the Cardinals, you know, what he did on the stretch. Same with Judge. I mean, Judge, you know, when the Yankees were struggling, he was the only guy hitting. I mean, he carried that team. That's why I think, you know, he'll, he's a runaway winner for the MVP award. Uh, there's, you know, 30, 30 ballots. I bet he gets 25 or 26 <laughs> of the 30 votes. Um, you, know, you take him away. You know, they may not even make the playoffs. They certainly don't win the division. They might be a wild card team at best. Mm. All excited now for what's to come. The division series start in all their glory. Four of them on Tuesday. And Bob Nightingale, our Odyssey baseball insider, as well as USA Today columnist, will be in Los Angeles for the Dodgers and the Padres. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much. You can find Bob on Twitter at B Nightingale. All right. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Amy. It's interesting that three of these four series are divisional matchups or rematches both in the national league as we kind of pointed out and then the fact that in the american league you've got one from the al west it's crazy but three of the lower seeds quote unquote ended up advancing out of wild card weekend so whether or not home field advantage matters do you think it was notable that the mets did not sell out city field on sunday night and as bob points out the Guardians didn't sell out their stadium either, even though they actually ended up advancing. So we'll hear more and we'll 
look at those series a little more as we head through this show. We're going to get back to football, though. So much still to pick apart. There was a, a relatively controversial call from the Tampa Bay Atlanta game in the NFC South. Now, I don't want to hear one word about how the officials stole the game from the Falcons. You don't automatically assume touchdowns, right? They were still down by six points. You can't just assume that if they get the ball back, they're going to score. But as a rule, we've talked about this for the last few years, quarterbacks get protected like nobody's business. And the reason why people complain about the NFL going soft is because of some of these roughing the passer penalties. And the one that was assessed against the Falcons late in this game, it was soft and suspect, to say the least. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. We'll get that poll up. Which teams and fan bases are the most mortified on Monday? Because football doesn't take a holiday. So again, on Twitter or on our Facebook page, after out- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Or is with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Brady working from the gun. Brady retreats. Looky, looky. Here comes Grady Jared. You! shall not pass surely they didn't call slinging him down this will be a horrendous call this is going to be a horrendous call they're going to call Grady Jarrett for slinging down Brady on this sack this is a this is a horrendous this is not the intention of the call personal foul roughing the pass defense number 97 15 yard penalty You will not see a worse play than this call. 
This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Well, as much as I appreciate the hyperbole from the Falcons radio network, let's be honest, this happens a lot. (laughs) Over the past few years, there have been a lot of very soft, questionable, roughing the passer penalties. And come on, it happens all the time. Like clockwork. Every couple weeks, there's one that people cannot believe. Why are we protecting the quarterbacks? You can't actually hit the quarterback anymore. We need to put the quarterback in bubble wrap because you're not actually allowed to touch him. So this happens to be the latest one that draws the ire of football fans. And I would agree it wasn't roughing the passer. But this is what referee Jerome Boger said. Grady Jarrett unnecessarily threw Brady to the ground. So that was his explanation for the roughing the passer flag on that key third down late in the game as the Buccaneers are trying to run out the clock in Tampa. So the situation is this. Falcons have scored a couple times. So they were down 21 nothing. They've scored a couple times to pull within six points. They're about three minutes to go. It looks like they've stopped the Bucs dead in their tracks at midfield because Jarrett is able to get to Brady and throw him to the ground or wraps him up in the midsection and kind of throws him down. Boger throws the flag, though, and with the roughing the passer penalty, the drive continues. Tampa's able to run out the clock. So he wraps Brady up around his midsection and then kind of rolls down to the ground with him. And the quarterback, obviously, gets pulled down as well. So Boger says in his post-game report, what I had was the defender grabbed the quarterback while he was still in the pocket and unnecessarily throwing him to the ground. This is what I was making my decision based on. He was actually asked whether or not he threw the flag because it was a takedown relatively similar to the one that injured Tua Tango-Valoa a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was last week, last week, last Thursday Night Football on national TV. And Boger said not necessarily. But you may have noticed over the course of the last few days that now there's no messing around. There's no wiggle room. And the NFL and the NFLPA have even agreed to change the concussion protocols. They went into effect this weekend. Now, did Brady's head hit the ground? Nope. Did he get checked out? Nope. Was he in concussion protocol? Nope. But Boger was asked the question about whether or not that was a consideration. Teddy Bridgewater actually was knocked out on the first drive for the Dolphins against the Jets on Sunday. And even though he went through concussion protocol and had no symptoms at all, He actually was complaining about his elbow. So similar to Tua going back a couple weeks initially was telling doctors he had back pain. And that's what made him unsteady on the field. According to an independent spotter, though, Bridgewater looked unstable. And I think the word was wobbly. So that independent spotter, no doubt, all over the league, those spotters have been told to err on the side of caution. And... I don't know that I saw the wobbly with Bridgewater. But either way, passing concussion protocols is no longer good enough. Instead, 
if a spotter believes there's any reason why a guy should be held out of the game, if he looks wobbly from up top, usually in the press box or in the coach's area, if that spotter believes that an athlete looks wobbly, he can hold him out. He can declare him out. That's the new protocol. Any type of unsteadiness or wobbliness, even if it's not due to a head injury and the player passes through concussion protocols, that's now an automatic no-go, meaning the player cannot come back and will have to go through concussion protocols all week. And that is in direct response to what happened with Tua. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So Arthur Smith on that flag thrown against Grady Jarrett. He freaked out on the sidelines, by the way, meaning Coach Smith. Hey guys, I'm not commenting on that. I got to worry about what I can control. So I just need to see what I can do to, to coach those situations better. The one sack at the end of the game, they call him for roughing the passer. Um, you know, so it extends the drive and you're able to get off the field. What did you think of that play? Had you been lobbying or asking for some late hits there? I don't, I don't throw the flags. <laughs> he got that from Bill Belichick. He absolutely did. Tampa was up 21-0 in this game, as I mentioned. It was a TD drive to start the third quarter. Leonard Fournette hauls in the one-yard pass from Tom Brady. They tack on the two-point conversion. And they're up three touchdowns. But Atlanta pulls within six, not only because the Falcons were able to capitalize on a few more opportunities, but because the Buccaneers were doing nothing in the second half offensively, as in nothing. The Buccaneers and the Packers both looked hideous in the second half. Now, this was a home game, and they know how important it is to win these home games, especially if you're talking about trying to stay first place in the NFC South. It's not concerning. I don't think we executed in the third quarter. You know, the first half, we kept their defense on the field. Uh, second half, our offense was going three and out, and they kept our defense on the field. And fatigue set in for both sides, I think. Uh, tough ball game. Wins are hard to come by in this league. We were playing for first place. You know, we're happy we got it. How funny. Even as we're listening to, to uh, Todd Bowles, I look up and Bowles is on my TV. Crazy how many times that happens. <laughs> so the Buccaneers are three and two. The Saints and the Falcons are two and three. And the Panthers are one and four. We're going to talk about the Saints. Man, superstar platform for a longtime member of the New Orleans franchise. Just mentioned the Falcons. And Marcus Mariota is at least proud of his team for the fact that they didn't lay down. Lie down would be the grammatically correct term. They didn't lie down after being behind 21 zip. Says a lot about our team. Uh, we got a great group of young players, great group of guys, really. And, you know, it's kind of been the, the tale of our season. We've, we've found ways to make it close and have a chance to win. So for Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, Arthur Smith, they were without Cordero Patterson. He's on IR, so that hurts. They're competitive, which I appreciate. The defense is a lot better, finally. <laughs> you know what's always so nutty about the NFL and, and probably other sports too, but specifically about the NFL? Because there's so many coaches and coordinators that are recycled and that go to other places. And we, a lot of times, see coaches and coordinators take the fall for a unit 
or a team that's terrible. And then that guy goes somewhere else and has all kinds of success. Dan Quinn is the perfect example. Maybe he's not cut out to be a head coach. I just know that the Falcons hired him because the Seattle Seahawks defense was so damn good. He was the D coordinator in Seattle when they hired him to be the head coach in Atlanta. And it actually turned out to be more of a nail in the coffin with him that the Falcons defense never could become a force to be reckoned with his entire time there. So he gets fired, lands in Dallas, and now the Cowboys defense is one of the best in the NFL under Dan Quinn. To the point where Quinn even agreed to stay around. I'm sure Jerry Jones paid him handsomely. Quinn even agreed to stay in Dallas as the D.C. as opposed to getting a head coaching job somewhere else. According to NFL insiders, he would have been a head coaching candidate, a top candidate in other places. But he wanted to stay with Dallas. Mike McCarthy believes in him. So a lot of times it's about your personnel. It's not so much about the fact that you can or can't coach. He's been the leader of two very successful defenses. But not in Atlanta. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the Saints and the Panthers to round out the NFC South. Saints playing the Seahawks. Panthers, they were taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And if possible... Are the Panthers actually having a worse start to this year than they had an end to last season? Oh, my gosh. Is it possible that the Panthers have fallen off even more than at the end of last year? Remember the Cam Newton experiment? We've got your four candidates. Wait, right? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Not yet. We're working on your four candidates who should be the most mortified on a Monday. We've debated even, including a baseball team or two. I mean, there's plenty of candidates in baseball. But we've got to give you the best candidates. They wake up on Monday. They're miserable and mortified. Fan bases, too. Dragging everybody down. So we'll put the poll up on Twitter after our CBS. And then also on our Facebook page. If you have your holiday weekend... Three days, mom does. She's off school Monday. Well, then, I don't want to say I'm jealous because this is a great time of the year, but a little, a little envious, maybe. Not quite green. It just, some green. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nice. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. In motion. Nope. Taysom Moore run it. Up the middle. Two, three. And that is going to be a Saints touchdown. Taysom. Touchdown. Here comes Callaway in motion across the formation. And now he comes back on the other side. Taysom Hill keeps it to the left. 10, 5, and Taysom touchdown. Left side. Holtz to the right side. Snapped it. Taysom is going to throw it across the middle. And that is going to be a touchdown to Adam Troutman. Taysom to Troutman for the touchdown. I'm sorry, no power right on that one. That's a touchdown pass from Taysom. He's run for two and thrown for one. From the right hash mark, Taysom Hill keeps it. Looks for first down, and he's got it, and he's got room to run. 50, 40, 30, 20. Will he get caught from behind? That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill to Taysom TD. 60 yards. It's a football feeding frenzy. After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Taysom Hill is a beast. The kind who can do everything. And we've known this about Taysom Hill. We also know he wants to be a quarterback. I was thinking about him today as he's going off for four touchdowns. And I'm thinking, I wonder if he's frustrated that Andy Dalton got the start instead of him. I wonder if he takes it personally or he's discouraged because he feels like he's never going to get a chance to be the starting QB. Maybe he thought when Sean Payton left that Dennis Allen might give him a chance to start. Except in back-to-back weeks, without Jameis Winston, it's been Andy Dalton. But the Saints do not win this game on Sunday without a healthy dose of Taysom Hill and that extra. Sometimes I salt my food, and then I decide, you know what? I'll take a little more of that. That was Taysom Hill. Mike Haas with the calls on Saints Radio. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to these final numbers for Taysom. Nine carries for 112 yards and three touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Nine carries for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Plus, the only pass he throws is a 22-yard touchdown. The Saints don't win without Taysom Hill. And he actually said that he kind of figured out as they went throughout the week of game planning that he was going to get more opportunities on Sunday against Seattle. Every week is a little bit different. And, you know, Jameis has been a little banged up. And so that kind of limited me in in what, 
I think the plan was supposed to be at the start of the season. Um, and so, look, I, I think every week I, I just I go in and, and I prepare for, for what I'm going to be asked to do. I don't know that you ever really know exactly how many snaps somebody's going to get. It just depends on how the game's being played out, you know. But I thought we were able to do some things in the running game and utilize him in, in those areas. And then, obviously, with, the, uh, with what they were doing defensively, you know, trying to stop the run game, we felt like there was an opportunity in the passing game. Pete and I were, were talking, and, and he felt like, you know, some of the run game stuff that we could do with Taysom in the game was, was, could be really good against this, against this group. And, um, and he was right. You know, Taysom was, was really effective. Such a weapon, and there's nobody else like him. And if you're a defense, you have to prepare for so much with him because you never know where he's going to line up. So Taysom Hill, star of the show, as the Saints get win number two. So it's Saints and Falcons, a game back of the Buccaneers in the NFC South. And that leaves the Panthers as the fourth, me- fourth member excuse me, of that South division. And I'm starting to wonder if it's actually worse. One more year of Matt Rule, and there's a chance it's getting worse. Now, the, the fact that the Niners and Panthers were playing this weekend is interesting, Right, because we just heard from Jimmy Garoppolo that the Panthers were a team that were interested in trading for him. But when he had his shoulder surgery, they backed off. They got Baker instead. Oh, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) Very first half. San Francisco has a fumble and a block field goal. But it's the defense that is able to spark them with a pick six. It's, it's amazing what defense and special teams can do to light a fire under your offense. This is another example. San Francisco has got guys banged up on both sides of the ball, but specifically the defense. It feels like they've always got guys who are hurt. Every other week, Nick Bosa's got some kind of an ailment. He plays so hard. And yet, when you watch them play, they leave it all in the field. Blood, sweat, tears, everything. They put everything into it. Jimmy in the shotgun again. This time, Tevin Coleman to his left. Kittle goes right with Ayuk. They stack Ray Ray behind Debo left. Jimmy back. Jimmy time. Jimmy throws. It is caught. Touchdown! San Francisco Debo! under center. Use check ahead of Wilson. They give it to Wilson off the right side. Touchdown San Francisco! So the first half, it's Debo Samuel with a four-yard touchdown catch and Jeff Wilson with a rushing TD. But again, it was the defense of the special teams that set the tone initially. Emmanuel Mosley with that pick six. And then later in the game, when there was maybe a glimmer of hope for Carolina, A San Francisco punt, so again, special teams, pins the Panthers inside their own 10, and the defense doesn't allow a first down. Oh, hello. And they tried to go for it on fourth down because at this point, they've got nothing to lose. So the defense doesn't give up a first down, and then they've got a short field, as in really short field. (laughs) And Devin Coleman goes the five yards for the touchdown that is the dagger. Nearly 400 yards of offense for the team that now has Jimmy Garoppolo starting again. 
I think we still got room for improvement. There were some drives where we just killed ourselves and, uh, you know, simple, simple things we could fix. But, yeah, today was, it was a good day. We were, we were rolling pretty good. So he has a couple of touchdowns. Jeff Wilson, 120 yards on the ground plus a score. And Debo Samuel actually says, hey, the run game is so critical to what we want to do as an offense. It just come with the play calling with, with Kyle having uh, the trust and ability. You know what I'm saying? Um, we was coming out and we wanted to run the ball first. Um, that's just what we do, uh, being a physical group, and just let everything else just fall in place. Four for four in the red zone helps when you can punch it in with your running backs. Baker Mayfield had a banged up ankle. So in the first half, he kind of tweaks it. And then he's in a boot after the game. And that's not good for the Panthers. Although nothing's really good for the Panthers right now. A little painful right now. Um, not not real sure what exactly it is. Going to, you know, examine that tomorrow and find out. So just right now I'm managing the pain and, uh, yeah, preventative stuff in the boot. Pick six right before the half uh, really was a gut punch. I thought the guys came out and answered in the second half with the kick return and uh, leading to a touchdown. Um, but in the end, um, you know, unfortunately just wasn't enough. The gut punch, that was the pick six right before halftime. Emmanuel Mosley off Baker Mayfield. And you hear Matt Rule pointed out. You put yourselves in a hole like that and against a defense like San Francisco's It's very difficult and challenging to come back, which is why we have included the Carolina Panthers, who are now one and four. But you remember, they had lost nine in a row before they got their first victory. In the last, in the first month of the season, they managed one win. Otherwise, what have they lost? 10 of their last 11? Brutal. So who should be the most mortified on Monday? Check out the poll on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.